Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Thank you. Let me just quickly pray before we take our seats. Father God, uh, we commit this time to you, Father. We, you come in here, let your Holy Spirit come and guide us, Father God. Let our hearts be open today for what you are going to be speaking to me and through me, Father God. Let your words that have power come in and create an impact in our lives, Father God. We commit this time into your hands. We commit each and every one here into your hands. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, why don't you take your seats? I am excited to be sharing this. I am excited, right? <laughs> I hope you will be excited at least by the end of the message. <laughs> hey, um, can't believe it's already the end of January. <laughs> it just seems to go at breakneck speed. Man, but it's been, it's been a fantastic January. And I'm so excited for what 2023 looks like for our church, not just here in Perth, but, you know, Montreal, all the things were happening there, but in Hamburg and in Lusaka and in Melbourne, hey, it's, this is going to be a big year in the things of God for us. You know, we, we are declaring that, you know, this is miracle territory. We still are in that, and we're going to keep declaring that in every area of our lives. And can I encourage you, just keep declaring that in every area of your life. Right, and we are still jump-starting January in a lot of ways. So if you missed that message from Pastor Sue, can I encourage you to, hey, just go back, lean in, you know, jumpstart, get the Holy Spirit to come in and minister and push in. Hey, so today I want to talk to you about kingdom purpose. Great. It's interesting that, you know, we've been talking about this so much and, you know, there's so much still left to learn and to teach and to, you know, share and encourage one another in this area. And I'm excited to talk about, you know, what Pastor Jared's been bringing through the season to us as a lead, leadership team, but also to the church around kingdom purpose, you know, finding our kingdom purpose in the house and out in the community. And today I'm excited to, you know, unpack a little bit more around that in, in the area of that. Before I start, I just want to thank um, our senior pastors, Pastor Jared and Sue, for, you know, just who they are and what they bring and having built a multi-generational church. This is no mean feat. You know, God's absolutely blessed their hands and their work, what's, what's happening there. Hey, let's just give, give up a, a, a clap for them as well. And I truly mean multi-generational because, you know, this week, Pastor Luke and I had the opportunity to go and spend some time with our young adult and youth leaders at their retreat. When we were so privileged, but we were quite old. That's all right. We were just mature. <laughs> can use different words to explain that. But hey, we were so encouraged by, you know, what God's doing in that next generation for us. You know, we feel that that generation is sorted for the things of God. You know, we feel so empowered, so impacted to be able to release that generation of leaders. Can I also give a big shout out to Pastor Jordan and Pastor Div for leading that, that generation <laughs> amazingly well. And we got some great leaders in our, in our, in our church. And I was speaking uh, into, into them, um, and I was sharing around this topic, and I just felt like, you know, this is a message for church as well. So if you were a leader and you were sitting there, you might feel that this is a little bit of a repetition, but can I encourage you that, hey, lean in. Sometimes I need to need 
need to hear the same things many, many, many times before it actually gets in. But sometimes it's also when I hear the same thing again, a new revelation comes in. You know, I get new insights. So can I encourage you, don't switch off, lean in. Lean in one more time. And hopefully we can, you know, get some more from what we had the other day. Come on. First, let me uh, start this by saying, let's get some foundational principles out of the way. You know, let's, let's, uh, let's unpack this first. Hey, do we agree that we have an eternal life? Yeah. Great. John 5.24 says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. So what this scripture really says is, yeah, we, we have an eternal life and all we have to do is believe. Just have faith, we're not going to be judged, and we're going to be crossing over from death to life. We have an eternal life. We also have an eternal purpose, right? We have an eternal purpose. So we are part, we, you know, each one of us are part of God's eternal purpose. In Ephesians 3, 10 to 11, it says God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus a lot. So what this scripture really tells us, God's eternal plan was the church. You and I, being part of his body, of this body of, of Christ, this is what we are called to be. This is his eternal purpose. So never slight or you know, take for granted the purpose of what the church is, the centrality of his eternal plan. His eternal plan was just the church. It's a very simple statement. And you know, this is very, very real. So we have a spiritual and eternal um, purpose. We have um, an eternal plan that God has for us for our lives. Yeah. All this is great, but we live here. Yeah. We live on the earth. We go about our daily lives. We'll still have bills to pay. I'm the only one. Great. <laughs> we'll still have bills to pay. We'll have things to look after, take care of, get up, do things, keep moving. You know, we have a, we have a temporal life. We have a temporal purpose. We have a uh, you know, purpose in our job, a purpose in our business, purpose in our relationships, purpose in our family. We have a purpose in our community. We have a purpose whether it's in school or college. Everywhere we go, we have a purpose. We have a temporal purpose. We have a purpose in this earthly life, right? And to me, it feels like, you know, the, the eternal purpose should be harder than the earthly purpose, right? The earthly walk should be actually easier compared to all the spiritual things. But what God's really telling us is you don't have to do anything about eternal life. He's got it sorted. All you have to do is believe. But we are left to still navigate things on the earth, right? So really... What, for us to get, walk into our kingdom purpose, I believe that we've got to align. We have to align our eternal purpose to our earthly purpose. So if we don't align the two, I don't think we're really walking in our kingdom purpose. Right? So how do we marry the two? How do we align this? So that's really the essence of my message today. Aligning your purpose, your earthly purpose to your eternal purpose. Are we ready for this? Right. Let's look at the scripture which kind of unpacks um, some of the key uh, ingredients of what this looks like to be aligning these two. In Hebrews 12:11, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off 
every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. When I read the scripture, you know, it feels like a, to me, it feels like a job ad. I don't know how many of you see this as a job ad, but I do. <laughs> it talks about, firstly, a role. Right? We have a role. So the first thing, the role is we are called to run the race. So we're all called to run the race. And we are called to live a life of faith. So that's the role that you're called for. He then talks about a responsibility. Now, why do I have to do this? You're called, you're, you're being invited into this role to run. Your responsibility is that you are surrounded by a lot of people watching you. He talks about a multitude or a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of your faith. So people are watching you. You have a responsibility, right? The next thing is you need to have some skills to run this race, right? So now it kind of makes sense, right? It looks like a job ad now. <laughs> it says, okay, the skills are don't slow down. It says, you know, strip off every weight that slows us down, right? You know, leave your baggage behind, you know, strip that off, get to the gym, get ripped, get worked out, make sure you're ready for this race. And then it talks about, you know, beware of the, the sin that trips you up. And it talks about the sin. To me, it was not all the sin, but all of us have a propensity to one or a few of those things. There's some things that never affect me and a lot of other things that seem to affect me. That can trip me up. And I've got to be so conscious about the one thing that I have a propensity to fail or be tempted in or, you know, drawn into. So we have to be conscious about what that is in our life, what is that area of our life that we need to work on. Great? Are you with me? Okay, so we have a role. We have a responsibility and we need some skills, right? And this really talks about you, right? This role is about you, but it's really not about you. It's about you, but you need to run the race. You need to have a rise of endurance. You need to have some skills. You need to, but you run this because people are watching you. You are already a believer. Your eternal purpose is already sorted. But you have a responsibility now to take people on the journey because people are walking with you, watching you, following you, looking up to you, finding influence in your life. And you need to be making sure that you are living a, a life of faith and running the good race well. So people are then drawn to you. So it's really about you, but it's not about you. That should be quite encouraging. Hey, and I thought, you know, you know what, what really happens is when I look at, uh, you know, what purpose looks like from an, from an eternal perspective, sometimes, you know, most, most days I would go, okay, I'm, I'm doing well in certain areas, but in certain areas I'm not. And for me, it just comes down to five things or five challenges that hold me back from this alignment. How do I stay in, in sync? How do I stay or get married or keep, the, keep on track on this? So I, I just thought I'd talk about the five challenges to maintain alignment. What are the five challenges in, in, in terms of maintaining this alignment and making sure that we are running this race of endurance? The first challenge is a lack of vision. Yeah, this is not a vision of, you know, I wake up and say, I'm going to do this. I feel I've got this. This is my big dream. That's not the vision I'm talking about here. If you really want to line up our earthly purpose to our eternal purpose, we need to get God's vision for our life. Right? We need to get an eternal vision for our life. 
what is the real reason that I'm here that you want me to do Jesus? What is it? You need to ask the Holy Spirit, find out what that is. You know, most of the time we are driven by our flesh, and I am, right? Our heart, my thinking, my desires, my aspirations, my strengths, my weaknesses. I can do analysis on these, my ideas, my timing. There could be a lot of things that drive my vision. My vision for my life. My vision for my life. People have told me, you're going to be awesome with this. Great. Their vision for my life. I start feeding into all of these things that are really not God's vision for my life. Right? It says in, in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. This does not, not talk about vision that just comes in and you have a thought or you have an emotion or you have a feeling, then you kind of figure it out, okay, this is what I'm going to be t- doing today, and this is going to help me tomorrow. This is talking about a prophetic vision, a godly vision that helps you stay the course. The first thing is making sure that you are getting a godly vision for your life. And the only way this really happens is by Holy Spirit revelation. Now, here's the counselor God has left, Jesus left behind. He said, he's going to be next to you. He's going to help you. Holy Spirit revelation. When you read the word of God, that something might jump out to say, hey, this is what God's called you to be. This is what your purpose is. This is what you are meant to be doing. You need to have that Holy Spirit revelation in your life, the Holy Word revelation in your life. The next thing is really the prophetic is when prophets bring some advice into your life, some perspective into your life, some counsel into your life. It really happens from the spoken word of the prophets. And you can never take that for granted. Most of the time, you know, as Pastor Jared say, go, don't go pray and tell God rather than actually hear from God. Let him speak to you. You know, that's really what this is coming down to. Don't tell God and don't tell the leaders, this is what I'm called to do. It doesn't matter. I, I was you know, sharing with our leaders today, um, last week, and I just said, hey, it doesn't really matter. If my leaders ask me something, I'm fine. What I've reconciled myself is, God, you've put this leader in my life, and if they've given me the wrong counsel, if they ask me the wrong things, that's between you and them. God, this is between you and them. I'm just going to follow because you put that in my life. If I'm accepting your godly authority, I'm going to accept the authority of the person who's there in my life. I don't really care to a certain extent because then it's all up to you. If because of all of these steps that I take is not what you want for my life, but that's because someone else who was a leader took me for granted or did whatever they did, it's really up to them. God, I still believe, will bless me. And in fact, if it's the wrong thing, he'll bless me more. If that even makes sense. For me, it's like it's easy to just follow, can I say, orders. <laughs> but really, I can, it's easy for me to follow counsel in the area of the things of God because I accept authority quite easily because God, I believe, has put them in front of me, behind me, beside me, leading me into things I need to do. So just come, you know, don't declare to God, don't declare to your leaders. The first thing is just a lack of vision. You need to get a vision or a godly vision of what God wants for your life. You know, then I believe that your earthly purpose gets lined up with your eternal purpose. The second thing that happens is once you have vision, Great. If you don't have vision or you feel you're confused about some things, come talk to one of, our, one of us leaders and, and the team. We are here to help. The only thing we are here for is to equip, support, bring spiritual insight, bring spiritual counsel into your lives. Uh, the second thing is a lack of structure. Right. You can have all the vision, but if you don't have structure, you are not going to keep 
on that race. Right? It says in 1 Corinthians 14.40, and this is a, 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 st a structure that's being put about how church needs to be run. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians. And it says in the last verse of that chapter, it says, be, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. This is an eternal principle, right? God is the God of order. He is not the God of chaos. He is not the God of crazy. He is not any of that. He created the earth in a certain pattern. He set it according to a plan. There is a structure. There is a plan for God, of God in our lives. And we just need to get back, what is that structure? How do we structure that? What does it really look like? So once we have a vision, we need to get into structure to get that eternal purpose outworked in our earthly lives. You need to get your spiritual life in order first. Your engagement with God, what does that look like? You need to get your personal life in order. That could be a professional life, could be your business, could be you know, your family, could be all of those areas that you need to get structure in place. It could be your finances. It could be a church life, your volunteering time, you're coming in and ministering to God. What does that really look like? You need to put structure in these areas. You know, for me, one of the things that gives me some structure or an analysis of my structure is when I look at screen time on my iPhone. You have spent four hours less this week on your phone than last week. Great. <laughs> Sometimes it's quite confronting when I look at what I've been doing on my phone. I shouldn't be doing. I could have been using for something else. But you know, these things have to propel or you know, spur you into changing some habits, putting some structures. You know, one of the other tools I have is in, if I use Outlook, it tells me, hey, you've been collaborating with Pastor Jordan for you know, six hours of last week. I said, great. And then they'll have some other things that I shouldn't be doing. It'll tell me that you know, you've been wasting your time and you should take some time for a coffee. You're not taking a break, your calendar is too full, it might, it might tell you all of these things. But what I'm saying is all of these things needs to be in order. You need to put some kind of structure and order into your life. You know, this is a journey for me. It's not like I've got everything together. No, I've, I'm working on some things. I'm good at certain things and I can keep getting better at other things. Again, don't do this in your own wisdom. Don't do this in your own wisdom. This is not about being smart. This is not about having figured it out or you've got this eureka moment of how things are going to happen. Hey, really, it's about asking God for counsel, getting godly wisdom to try and work this out. Again, the role of the Holy Spirit is saying, okay, am I getting this part of my life in order? Am I actually moving towards this? Right? Let's get a vision, get some structure. And the third thing is a lack of priority. Great. A lack of priority. It says in Luke 12, 34, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So it talks about priority, priorities of the heart. You know, I'm not going to talk about the treasure, but I'm really talking about the heart. There's, you know, a passion that you need to bring in to the things of God. You need to have desires for the things of God. Where is your heart at? What is the priority that is actually being channeled or prioritized or being put first in your life? And when I was a kid, all the time, the only thing I could think of was playing football. Clearly, it shouldn't have been the priority in my life. Didn't, my parents didn't think it should have been the priority in my life, but that's all I could think. I would get up at 5.30, get to play, just before school, come back in school, quickly chuck 
forget about lunch, dinner, tea, all of that, just go straight, straight. That's, that's it, that was the priority. All I could think of most of the time was how can I get better at sport. That was my, was my priority. When I was growing up in youth, it's completely different. I don't want to talk about that stage of my life. <laughs> completely different interests. That shouldn't have been the, the right interest. When I grew into my young adult years, you know, it got, it got more interesting. You know, I started to get money. I started to get power. I started to get fame. People were starting to appreciate me. I was starting to make something of my life. Until, till about, you know, till I was 30, the only things that I had a priority on was really money, success in life, getting after and being, being powerful, having control in lots of areas in my life. Hey, that really was it, you know. And Apana was a big, big priority for me in that, in that season. Literally everything had work and hanging out with her. Work and hanging out with her. I'm not saying she is not a priority now. <laughs> I'm still working on 30 at the moment, come on. <laughs> yeah, but after 30, I really had a commitment to God. I had a, an encounter with Jesus that really transformed my life. So I can always say before 30 and after 30 in my life are completely two different things. And it's not so much the, you know, I was a completely different person. I was, yes, internally I was, but I was still, you know, battling things that I was battling before. I had the same challenges and I was, but in a naive kind of way, what I really did was I put God first. You know, it wasn't like a, you know, I was a well thought out, overanalyzed, critical mentality, thinking whatever you want, because that's the kind of person I was. But when it came to the things of God, I just said, no, I'm just going to put God first. And to me, that was a naive decision. But it was a broken decision, because I was in a broken place. It was a contrite decision, because, you know, something that I, God had to do, I couldn't control this anymore. Just a coming to a place where I had to let go and let God fill that space. Man, from that point onwards, I cannot tell you how life has fallen to place or fallen into place in such a supernatural way. Yeah. It's not something that I can ever explain or, or say, what did you do? I said, I have no idea. Yeah. I really have no idea how God has got my life together from that point forward. Yeah. You know, can I say that put God first in everything that you do? You know, and, and for me, it's, it's a constant, am I doing that? Am I doing that consciously in every area? And I try to, you know, like all of us, I battle those challenges. And again, the role of the Holy Spirit to come in and say, God, let help me surrender this part of this. Let me prioritize this. Anyway, we're, we're, on, the, we're on that um, on the scripture which talks about treasures, so might as well go there about finances as well. <laughs> for me, one of the things as a family we've done from that day 30, when I was 30, is be uncompromising about our tithe. We said, we were in our worst financial position, probably at that point, worst financial position ever in, in, my, in my life, and we decided to put God first when it came to our money. We said, before my mortgage, before our car, before, before our car, before, uh, before, you know, food on the table, we were going to tithe. Before my holiday, we put God before everything when it came to, came to the area of finances. And the kind of supernatural blessings, not just financially, but in every other area of our life, was just been absolutely amazing. Hey, help, you know, I was really encouraged with what Pastor Luke was sharing about, you know, our offering. Don't forget God 
once your blessing comes in. You need to put God in the area of your finances. Can I encourage, hey, a lack of priority. Make sure you get your priority right and God's in the, in the first, in, that, in every area of your life, really. The fourth point is lack of flexibility. Flexibility. Now, let, let me talk about, when we talk about godly flexibility, this is not the flexibility that the world talks about. He is such an adaptable person. He is really able to adjust to the situation. We're not talking about chameleon-like characteristics here. We're not talking about octopus type of camouflage here, that they can blend in, you know, fit in. That's not what the Bible really talks about. The Bible really talks about, you know, having a clear godly perspective, renewing of the mind, transformation. It talks about brokenness, surrender. This is the kind of adaptability that is expected of us as Christians, as, as, as believers. believers. This is not about conforming to the things of the world, but actually being transformed by God in our lives. That is the kind of flexibility that we need to be growing into. Am I responding to God with a better attitude today than I was yesterday? Am I actually having a spirit where I'm saying, God, I don't know, but you're in control. Do I really get closer to God? Am I willing to carry the cross? Am I willing to pay the price? Am I willing to sacrifice? Am I willing to surrender? That's really the kind of flexibility that God's expecting in our lives. So let, let's, again, don't, don't go, hey, I'm very flexible. You could actually just be compromising. You could just be lowering your standards. You are actually falling off or getting out of sync from what God has for your life. You need to start doing yes and amen to the things of God. That really is flexibility. It says in Isaiah 64, 8, And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. How, much of our, how many of us have become hard clay that God can't do anything with? Our hearts, our hearts are so hard that he really, even God, God can't move some of the things in our heart. Hey, we really need to be in a place where he is the potter, he's in control, he can mess us up, he can form us back together. And that kind of formation is completely supernatural. You and I cannot have that kind of vision, cannot have that kind of structure, cannot have that kind of flexibility in terms of what God can do in our lives. Right. The fifth point and the final one is a lack of transparency. You're all very quiet this morning. <laughs> a lack of transparency. And I was sharing about, you know, one of the things that I've done is, you know, I've managed so many people in my life, in thousands of people in five, four different continents. Uh, and one, the hardest people I find that I can't really manage or lead in, in my professional workspace are people who are opaque. There's a kind of murkiness in that department. There's a kind of, uh, you can peek only a little bit and anything further, it's all, you know, it's set up in such a way that you can't really speak into it, you can't change it, you can't, yeah. that visibility completely lacks. A lot of managers will kind of, you know, um, respond to what I'm saying, but it, the, the harder it is to actually see through, it just is one of those places people can just, you know, waste time, waste resources, waste their potential in a lot of different ways. You know, you need that kind of opinion. It's, it comes out of lots of different things, could be, um, 
insecurity, could be fear, could be control, could be a lot of things that kind of drives that opaqueness. But God really wants us to be open. Firstly, open to him, but open to what he is doing in and through us, in our lives, around us, through people, through family, everything else that he's put us in the middle of. Right? And as a believer, you're not called to be operating in an opaque way with God. It says in Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 17, obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you. For they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and without grief and groans for this would be of no benefit to you. <laughs> Allow the leaders in church, God's put them here. You are part of this church, not by choice, by God's design. So we have an opportunity, we have an, a responsibility, we have the authority that we need to bring in. And don't make this hard for us, is what this passage is saying. Don't come up and say, ah, you're, I know what you're going to tell me. This is really not, this is annoying, it's not going to help me. That's really the kind of attitude if you carry into conversations in pastoral catch-ups. It's really not going to be any benefit to you, is what the scripture says. And, and the other thing is that no area is out of bounds for pastoral input. No area. I plan to change a job, I, pl I plan to date this person, I plan to stop serving, I want to move away, I want to move out of home, I want to marry, I don't want to uh, stay in my marriage, I want to have kids. I'm battling, you know, addiction, I'm battling infidelity, I'm having issues in my, in my job, I'm battling my kids. It could be any area, there is no area in your life that does not require pastoral input. All you need to do is bring it into the open so people can speak into that. Do not try and do this on your own. Do not do this in your own strength. Let God and the godly people that God has put in your lives speak into and open that up and give me counsel. Is that good? Yeah. Right. Come on. So those are really the five things that stop this alignment. Lack of vision, structure, priority, flexibility, and transparency. Can I encourage you to keep working on this? This is not a one day flick a switch, it happens kind of thing. You have to find a different area of your life. God's shaping you into this, taking you to new places, and this is a continuum journey that he's working on for you. I just want to leave you with this last thought. It talks about endurance in that, in that scripture. What we need to really develop is patience. <laughs> patience for the vision to come true, patience to put the structure in place, patience to have the flexibility, patience to be adaptable, and actually then have the transparency as well. It says in James 5, 7 to 8, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. So that's your eternal purpose, the Lord's return. As you patiently wait for that, consider the, consider the farmers who wait patiently for the rains in the fall and the spring. You can do all of the things. What, what the scripture is saying, you can do all of the, the things here as a farmer in your heart. You can plant the seed, you can put the structure, but you have to wait patiently for God to move. They look eagerly for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't be looking after quick wins. You know, that's only for kids. I wanted to play football and that's all I had in my mind, right? 
maturity really maturity is having a longer term perspective is having a longer term perspective but really spiritual maturity is having an eternal perspective spiritual maturity is having an eternal perspective can i encourage you today that as you as you you know pray about what god's speaking to you in this season i hope that this encourages to line up and sink your earthly purpose to your eternal purpose thank you thank you thank you so much for joining us online today really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of jesus both here in australia and around the world if you enjoyed today's message i'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend a workmate a family member and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in jesus name If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.